What is up, y'all? Kevin Kuhn here from Athlete Factors. Back after a long, long break, um, my guest today is Nathan Barbosa. How are you today, sir? Doing great, man. It's an honor to be on the show. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you being here. Um, we're both actually located in Dallas, but uh, for the time being, um, still still doing everything via Skype until until we get the word that business is back to normal. Um, yeah, Can't, couldn't do this in person, but sh- I'm sure in the future uh, we'll make that happen. So absolutely, looking forward to that. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about your background. Um, you know professionally, academically, um, athletically, and then, yeah, just uh, kind of take it away. Absolutely. So um, professionally, my background is a personal trainer. I started training about six and a half, seven years ago. Um, had no intentions of ending up where I am now. The original plan was to just be the meathead kind of bodybuilder trainer. I, I had a passion for that at the time. Um over the years, over the first few years, I got a couple certifications with NASM, and then once I got into corrective exercise, uh, that's what really changed everything about what I do. Um, I have, I currently hold about nine certifications, but I actually, I've, I've never stepped foot in a college. Um, out of high school, I decided school wasn't for me. I found training, and little did I know I was going to turn into the biggest nerd ever. And I'm constantly reading, I'm constantly studying. All I want to do is learn more and more and more. Um, The system that I use primarily is a functional range conditioning, which is all based around um, mobilization and overall joint health. The whole practice is funneled around um, looking at addressing the joint directly and then building out from the joint rather than looking at a muscle or looking at you know, a movement pattern or however, however you want to assess. It's a little bit more nitty gritty and I really, I've, I've grown to love it. Um, my athletic background, what kind of got me into all this was I started, like I said, I started as the bodybuilder guy, um, but I just kept getting hurt. You know, a shoulder turned into a shoulder injury, turned into a slightly torn pec, which turned into a broken elbow at some point from something stupid, which turned into a couple you know, almost broken wrists, and I've torn tissue in my foot, and I've almost torn my labrum in my hip, and I mean, I have rotated disc issues in my back that I'm finally fixing, and and just, you know, my body was falling apart, and you can't bro-lift yourself into being fixed, so mm. I just, I had to go down the rabbit hole, you know, I remember when I first learned how to assess an overhead squat, and I thought that was the coolest thing ever, and before I knew it, I'm looking at you know, a joint trying to figure out which little piece of, you know, ligament is holding it in capsule is to adhese and how do I, how am I going to release it? Like, it's just crazy mm-hmm. how it's all, how it's all manifested and come to where it is now. Awesome. That's really interesting. So, um, you said you, you have no like college education with regards to all of this? Absolutely none. Gotcha. So, um, man, I'm not going to lie, early on in my career, um, like, I went to college, I studied exercise physiology, I went to grad school, I studied, you know, exercise science, kinesiology, nutritional biochemistry, and I was quite arrogant about um, just people in the industry, because, so during my grad school internship, 
I, I went to Indianapolis. I was working as a, um, a sport performance or strength coach and nutrition coach for a professional running club. And that was unpaid. So then I had to work, you know, part-time at a, uh, um, an LA fitness. And before that I had worked at a gold's gym and I was just like, man, the people in this industry, like they just, anybody can get a certification and there's too many people who are uh, tourists in the industry who are just like, oh, I'll try that out. And so I was, I was kind of jaded and, and kind of not like I just didn't like that. So much of it was unregulated. There's so many people who were doing the same quote unquote profession or job that I was who didn't take it seriously, who weren't learning, who weren't um, interested in progressing the the quality of the industry so um over the over the last probably decade my my opinion on all of that has kind of changed where i thought like you know what you shouldn't be in this industry unless you've gone to to you know college or or ideally grad school like wouldn't it be nice if everybody had a phd dude i met so many people with phds who i was like oh my gosh what are they doing oh I so, know. it's my favorite thing in the world i can't tell you I just a real quick tangent. One of my I have a client, longtime client. She's my longest running client. I've been working with her for almost seven years. She's almost my day one client. Mm. So she's grown with me throughout all of my stuff. But she she had to go to physical therapy, and I met her physical therapist. Her therapist asked to meet me, and you know I try not to toot my own horn. I try to stay humble. Mm-hmm. And I went and met her, and I was trying to speak with her on terms that I thought she, you know, using verbiage and vocabulary, she would understand. Yeah. And within like two minutes, I was like, I don't think she understands anything I'm saying. <laughs> I don't, I don't think she understands where my thought process is. And I just eventually, I just flipped it into a good old conversation and just ended up talking to her. But it's one of the more recent experiences. And it's just, it's crazy to me how you can have a doctor in physical therapy or, you know, be a, chiropractor with a strength and conditioning background and all these their belief systems can be all over the place and there's sure. no system at all yeah no that's that's so true um there's that you know that joke uh what do you call the person who was last in their class in med school doctor yeah. right You're, they're still a doctor right and everybody assumes that doctors are geniuses and, and they know everything and you know but I'm sure it's that way in every profession, but, um, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's people who take things seriously and then there's people who are just like, dude, I can, uh, I get paid to work out and I get to train people that, you know, whatever, like it's, I don't have to sit at a desk and all those things are great. But, um, all that to say, uh, at this point, I don't care what somebody's level of education is. I, I care about A, results, and B, uh, their attitude about the industry and whether they want to see it progress and advance, um, but also retain the things that the previous generation um, found to be useful. So are we, are we maintaining what's good and are we progressing um, where there's gaps? And so um, from what I've seen so far, it sounds like you're in uh, you're in the right category, man. So awesome! Thank you so much. I that. <laughs> Not that you need my stamp of approval, but uh, hey, it's nice to get it every now and then. <laughs> For sure. So awesome. Well, so along the lines of uh, uh, 
forgive me, um, functional range conditioning. Is that what yeah. you called it? Yes, sir. Gotcha. So or the tell us range system because FRC is the, the building block of all the other steps. But either way, most people just know it as FRC. If you're going to look it up, uh, functional range conditioning is is the is the nugget is the term you're going to look for, for gotcha. sure. Cool, cool. So, um, is break down for us, I guess, what you consider like your ideal client or or where your niche kind of is. So, originally, my ideal client was anybody with an injury. I wanted the broken people. I wanted the, the rehab people. You know, I wanted the people who either that or the people who had tried another form of rehabilitation or corrective and they were, they, they, they were out of options. I wanted to be that guy. Mm-hmm. What I've found over really just the last probably year is that I've realized that it doesn't matter where you are. I want to work with you because mm-hmm. I can, I firmly believe in my ability to assess any human body and make it better. Whether you're an Olympic lifter, whether you're a couch to 5K type person, you know, whether you're world-class NFL, you know, whatever you are, whoever you are, I just want to work with you. I mean, if you're willing to develop a body that moves the way a human is designed to move, then I'm going to give that to you, and that's what I want. Gotcha. That's awesome. So I think... When it comes down to it, if you don't have a systematic way of being able to assess the body to figure out where there are deficiencies or discrepancies and and your perspective is, um, uh, I'll just make you stronger or I'll just make you more flexible or I'll just, if the, if the idea isn't there, there are ways to move more efficiently and understanding that there's nuance within a certain person's um, movement patterns based off the specific sport they play or the specific um, recurring movements that they do. Maybe, maybe like a sprinter who is in a pretty consistent anterior pelvic tilt, maybe get getting them so far out of that anterior pelvic tilt, maybe, uh, will reduce their ability to apply force and sprint very quickly, right? So there's things like that where if you're not evaluating things and saying, okay, in like here's kind of how I do it. In my mind, I've got this quote-unquote ideal as far as how humans should move. Like the, the average person should be able to move this way, right? And then there's there's always extremes and then there's always – uh, individual variation around that. But my goal for my athletes, which are primarily endurance athletes, is to, without taking them completely away from the things that make them good at running, swimming, and biking, get them more athletic. And so I feel like there's a, there's a little bit of a, a spectrum, I guess, where if I train them to be like a sprinter, they won't be good at triathlons, right? right? But if they're only doing triathlon training, then they're leaving a whole lot of performance on the table. So um, does that make sense? Do, does your... Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I, I knew I was going to like talking to you. You just you laid, you laid <laughs> it up. 
just exactly how I would hope how how, how I hope you would. That was that was great. <laughs> awesome. Well, that answers my question. So I was gonna say, like, does that jive with kind of your philosophy of training? And- Absolutely, man. Everybody's different. Everybody needs different things, and you can't like I I don't. I go back and forth a lot as far as what posture is the best posture, what movement is the best movement, because, you know, 65-year-old Jill and 22-year-old NFL Rick are going to have entirely different performance goals, but Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give them the same pelvic tilt. They don't need to have the same internal rotation of their femur. They don't need to have the same ability to articulate through their spine, and it's, it's irresponsible as a coach and a professional in this field to think that you can, that those people need the same things and should be treated the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I think early on the idea of, you know, we shouldn't train people like, uh, using, using a cookie cutter approach, right? Like I heard that fairly early on in my career and I was like, okay, that makes sense. But then I, I got kind of so, far into this idea of like, oh, well, there's this ideal where everybody needs to work towards the ideal. And then at that point, I realized, oh, if I'm, if I'm treating everybody like they have to be in this ideal, then that's the cookie cutter approach now that I said I was going to avoid. So um, being able to understand nuance and make it so that uh, like, I don't have to have all of my clients doing the the same things and I I I don't everybody is has you know a unique program uh, program based off their um you know their their movement issues their strength issues their their goals their injury history things like that so um now yeah. have you noticed just just because I want to make the conversation go a little bit deeper um when you because I, I I'm in the exact same boat. But do you find that even with those people who you know have their unique individual programs, there's still those so-called cookie-cutter consistencies that you want them to all be able to do for the most part without getting too specific? Definitely. So since just about all of my clients are uh, endurance athletes who are doing either – a ton of cycling or a ton of running or both all of them have uh, low back like like weak lumbar spine they have sometimes excessive anterior pelvic tilt they have um very weak lateral hips so glute med and hip uh, abductors and external rotators are extremely weak tons of knee valgus um, which is, you know what, we got to jump in here, figure out how we, how we first met. And it was, um, I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw the, uh, blackboard system that you had just done a video of. Yeah, and that's like, as soon as I saw that, because so much of what I have to do with my runners is correct, excessive knee valgus and, uh, over pronation at the ankle and arch. So I was like, oh, wow, this could be, you know, a pretty cool tool. And so I bought two of them because I knew I'd be using them quite a bit. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm using them all the time. So They're great, man. I love mine. I've got mine sitting right here next to me. I use sweet. it 
I use it every other day, probably at the very least. Yeah, it's a pretty cool piece of. Uh, it's so simple, but you can do so much with it. It's very, very versatile. So, um, I'm a big fan. I'm gonna go ahead and grab mine real quick, just because it's right here. Cool, cool. Just for fun, just so yeah. in case anybody, in case anybody wants to know what it is. So that's. They can there. purchase them from you, correct? Normally, yes, but since we can't ship anything from Germany, uh -huh. I can't get any of them right now. Shoot. But normally we would have them. But yeah, it's just, this, I mean, it's the simplest little device ever. It's two little boards that articulate either separately together, however you want to set it up. But it just maximizes kind of the natural torsion system of the foot and lets you tap into that tissue and get those rotational inputs in a way that you would never normally be able to get. And the, the um, you know, my thought process with the functional range conditioning stuff, everything's based around rotation. So when mm -hmm. I found this thing, it was just like, well, take my money, and I just, I mean, I just <laughs> jumped right on it. And it's, yeah. I mean, my your gait gets softer, you get more explosive. I mean, you don't hit the ground like you're gonna go through it. I mean, it's just amazing how how little you can do and how much it can help. Yeah, it it kind of reminds me of when one of the one of the first concepts that I learned when I was introduced to the idea of of functional movement was that for athletes, your hips and your shoulders need to be disassociated. You, you don't want the spine so locked down and your torso so locked down that your hips and shoulders can't move separately. And I think the, uh, the blackboard kind of does that for the front of the foot and the back of the foot, right? Like you can, it teaches you how to disassociate um, the ball of the foot from the heel so that you can uh, correctly pronate, you can correctly supinate, you can uh, you can do that at the arch, you can do that at the ankle, you can. So it's it's pretty cool that um, you know that there's something out there that can do that. Until I'd seen that, I had to do that a lot with bands and with you know yoga blocks or balance pads, and and mm -hmm. those work. Like you can you can do everything that you need to without the blackboard. Man, it just makes it so much easier. Oh yeah, I mean, come on, look at this. Like it folds up, boom, there it is. That you throw that in your gym bag, that's part of your warm up. You're good to go. Yep. Like, it's just it doesn't get any better. I, sure. I I love it. And I mean, just uh, the whole reason I found that thing and what led me to that, just for uh, information's sake, is I I think I mentioned earlier I tore some tissue in my foot. Mm -hmm. Um, this is a stupid skinboarding accident. <laughs> uh, of all things, I um, I was down in South Padre and you know throwing the skimboard and wave came in it threw off my my step and before I knew it I landed and all my toes rolled underneath and that's how I hit the ground like full sprint kind of almost like a almost like a bounding land but toes curled under so that just tore it apart I was able to walk a couple hours later. <laughs> So smart me decided, let's do the exact same thing again. Tomorrow. Oh, my God. <laughs> so the next day. How old were you? This was like three years ago, man. Like, so I was, how, how old are you now, man? Uh, I'm about to be 27. So gotcha. I, 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 think I, was, I think I was 23 or 22 at the time. I can't really you're, remember. You're in that range where like that's like, okay, I can understand Yeah, I mean, that. I was doing stupid <laughs> stuff because I could, you know. But, you know, day two, whatever, I throw that board out, and it was the very – first throw and the exact same thing i mean literally the exact same thing and that time i heard the pop i heard the crack in my foot 
And I watched my toes swell up. I watched oh, my whole front of my foot swell up. And I didn't, have, I didn't have insurance. I didn't have any way to go see a doctor and get that handled. I got a quick x-ray. I found out it wasn't broken. And that was it. That was all I did. for. Good to go, man. That's all I did for like two years. <laughs> and then for some reason, my brain was like, maybe if I start wearing toe shoes, I'll learn how to use my feet better. And then that shot me down this crazy foot strength and foot health rabbit hole which led mm-hmm. me to blackboard which you know thank god now i have feet that work again <laughs> which it was it was crazy you know when i first got this thing i actually would get like electrical signals that would feel like they would shoot through my foot mm. you know those nerve endings just fire and it feels it literally feels like you're getting shocked mm. and uh that was really crazy the first first few times doing it but you know i mean after that that's what sold me like once i got my foot back like, I, I had no idea what it was like not having a foot until I got it back. Mm-hmm. It was just such a gradual loss. You know, it didn't all happen at once. Yeah. yeah it's, so. it's funny how uh, useful and important your feet are. <laughs> and that now, now I know how to do it. Like, you know, I never would have learned any of this if I hadn't have ripped my foot into pieces. So Man, failure and injury are some of the best teachers when when you're responsible and uh that's a big one (laughs) yeah and (laughs) and you understand the important the importance of learning right like like the what got me on this journey is i injured my back when i was running in college i ran cross country and track in high school and college and i hurt my back lifting up bleachers and i went from being all American my sophomore year to my junior year, like destroying my low back. And I was like, whoa, whoa. And like nobody at school, unfortunately, was able to figure out what the problem was. Like they, they were addressing my back, which that's where the pain was. But uh, like once I understood like, oh, okay, I, I need to understand the role of the pelvis and, and pelvic tilt and the function of my glutes and the function of the really small muscles around the pelvis. And um, it took me a long time, but I was able to figure out how to, how to come back from that. And, um, you know, but it's. I, I feel like the people in this industry who, who really are different are the ones who've lived through it. Like, cause any, anybody can read a book and quote somebody else's stuff, but until yeah. you got to live it and you have to experience it, it's just, you know, I mean, fortunately, unfortunately, however you want to look at it, I, you know, I had close to a dozen injuries that all happened in the course of two years. Mm. And thankfully I've fixed almost every single one and now I have, you know, I have that knowledge. I know how to look at it from different perspectives. I know what the book says mm-hmm. and I know what doesn't work within that text, Yep. which is something that I think a lot of people will know, won't really get a chance to experience. A lot of other professionals don't really get a chance to experience, um, or maybe they do and they don't realize it. Yeah. I, that's, that's one unique idea that, that it took me a little while to understand, but then it was like a giant light bulb moment for me. Like the clinical setting, if you're working with sedentary populations 
you can run the recipe that's in the textbook and it's going to work 99% of the time because they're sedentary. And if you did absolutely nothing and then just had them show up to your office and sit in a chair for six weeks, they would feel better after that six weeks, right? So, or eight weeks or whatever, 10 sessions, whatever it is, like time makes sedentary populations injuries better. But for a lot of people who are active, things don't work that way. If, you're, if your nervous system is used to a stimulus and then you just remove that stimulus, sometimes it's not just the removal that's enough to fix it. You've got to figure out what caused that issue in the first place. So, um, yeah, what you kind of said about earlier about how you initially wanted injured uh clients like that was kind of your your ideal like you that was kind of my niche when I started like even in the um in the corporate fitness setting I was taking the clients that the other trainers didn't want because they couldn't get progress with like like oh this guy has a uh rotator cuff tear but you know he wants to bench and so we tried that and that made it worse so like I, what am I supposed to do I can't do anything with him I'd be like okay well maybe he needs to pull instead of push. Like these were like the, the, the basics that I was working with at the time. And so when you understand things like that, um, like that, that's kind of like, there's a niche that's wide open for people. Like, uh, a lot of my clients come to me after they've been to physical therapists, after they've been to Kairos, cause they're like, like I tried everything and I've been to the ortho and the ortho says I need surgery. And I'm like, all right, cool. Well, let me try some stuff for six weeks. And if you don't get any better then maybe surgery is, is, you know, maybe that's the road you need to go down, but let's try this for, you know, for six weeks and see what happens. And more often than not, after the first or second week, they're already like, wow, okay. A huge change here. Just because I'm looking for, um, you know, if they've got knee pain, if they've got hip pain, whatever it is, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a physical therapist. I can't tell you your, I can't diagnose your injury, but I can diagnose movement. That's perfectly within my scope of practice. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what I do. I evaluate movement. Is it good? Is it bad? Does the movement cause pain? Well, okay, well, let's look at uh, the opposite movement. Oh, there's hardly any there. Well, maybe we need to fix that. If we fix that, oh, the the body or the brain turns off that pain signal because it's no longer necessary. Like, um, yeah, there's like just love love how simple you just made that because I feel like in reality, like that's what it comes down to. Just just don't look at the pain, look around it. And a lot of the times, as long as you just you just know where to look, like the answers are there. They really are. Yeah, like it, you don't have you don't have to be Sherlock Holmes to like solve these mysteries. Like I I kind of fashion sometimes my uh, my systems around that because I, I love you know how detectives work and I love Sherlock Holmes, um, Arthur Conan Doyle man, he's the man. So, but like if you're willing to just objectively look at okay, how's the movement at the joint above? How's the movement at the joint below? How's the stability at those joints as well? Um, you can you can find a lot of information. So I actually just said that, and now I'm going to segue into this. So let's talk about 
the the spectrum of um, stability and mobility. So do you consider that a spectrum or do you consider that a false dichotomy? Man, to me, I just the the way that my brain works with this stuff now, I feel like if you train mobility right, stability comes. And if that's kind of the way my brain looks at that now. I used to really think stability had to be done in a very progressive way, using very specific modalities and getting it to a certain point before you get into what would be what now is, you know, you can be mobile and strength train at the same time and you can kind of intertwine all these things together. But what I used to think was you had to be stable first and then you could try to get stronger and then you had to remake sure or reestablish that stability with this new strength. And it was just this never ending battle mm. of trying to be stable. When I really got into the functional range conditioning and started looking at mobility, not as flexibility, but looking at mobility as movement plus strength, that was what really changed everything for me. Cause if I can get you, if I can, you know, look at the hip joint, for example, like, you know, you can't stand on one foot, your body's all over the place. You just, you can't stabilize, keep it super simple example. And then I go through and assess, uh, I use controlled articular rotations, which is really specific joint circles to keep it super simple. I use these movements to assess someone's joint control. And if they can't stand on one foot or if they can't articulate a hip in any type of controlled fashion, then my job is now no longer to get them better at standing on the foot. I'm just going to try to give them hip. And then as I give them the hip that does what a hip is supposed to do, the stability magically comes back into play. Mm. And I never, I never had the intention of training stability. I just gave them the function that they needed to move the way they're supposed to. And I feel like when you, and you can do this a hundred different ways. I feel like nowadays, everybody has a different, you know, philosophy behind movement and mobility. Um, all these different or organizations are doing some cool stuff nowadays. Um, but I feel like as long as you you respect the parts of the body, then the uh, actions you ask for typically come, and you don't have to work extra hard at it. You don't have to sugarcoat a program. You know, you don't have to be on a Bosu ball for every single workout. You don't have to stand on an Airx pad you know, as on a warm up, you know, mm -hmm. it, just, it doesn't need to be that way. And aside from that, there's very few situations where I feel like you really need to train stability as it's stereotypically trained aside from a, you know, post-op setting. Most people don't need to get better at balancing on a BOSU ball. They need to get better at using their own body. And that's, mm. that's, that's where my mindset goes back to the joint. How does it move? How does it work? Give them that, and then the rest of it seems to come. And that's been proving itself time and time again as I've uh, been using this, this, these principles in this thought process. Gotcha. So it, it seems to me that if you understand like the concept of length-tension relationship when it comes to like muscle contraction and the activation, the neural activation of a muscle, right? If you understand that when a muscle is is lengthened, then it can't produce opti the optimal amount of force. And when a muscle is completely shortened, then you can't produce the optimal amount of force. But when it's in this like golden window, let's say, like that's where the magic happens, right? So if you've got, 
one muscle at this like on this joint let's say you've got the antagonist muscle and it's it's overly facilitated and short and tight and it's holding too much tension right that means the opposing muscle the 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 antagonist to that muscle by nature has to be lengthened right so now you've got the muscle on let's say the front side too short and the muscle on the back side is too long and now that length tension relationship at that joint is completely off it's not going to be able to function optimally because it's way outside that window on the front side and the back side and when you reestablish that length tension relationship by correcting the mobility at that joint you've solved the problem right so um i think like you said there's tons of of um products i can't i don't want to call it product there's tons of systems there's tons of of governing bodies let's say or or programs out there that that kind of have figured out ways to do this. Like there's more than one way to skin a cat. Um, as the saying goes, like the way that you do it, I'm sure is extremely different than the way I do it. But only from the perspective of somebody watching us who doesn't understand the underlying principle that we're both using to address the problem. Mm -hmm. Like the, the tool might be different, but the purpose of the tool is probably the same. Absolutely. So. I definitely agree with that. And, and, and you know, it, it just just to segue that a little bit, one of the one of my favorite things to do is uh, interact with other fitness professionals, other trainers, other therapists, other rehab guys, and see how everybody's brain works. Because I I have you know I have my system, I have my tools in my toolbox that I like to use, but. There's, you know, you don't, you, a screwdriver is not always the only tool that, you know, that impact drill, just because it's the most powerful one doesn't mean it's going to work for the little bitty tiny, you know, watch battery screw that's got to mm -hmm. come out. You can't, mm -hmm. you know, everyone's got different tools to use. And I absolutely love interacting with all these different people because it makes my brain come off of its path. And I get to see all these different ways of assessing and how, um, how I can be better in maybe a way I've never thought about before. That mm -hmm. and I think I think all of the those of us who are like nerds at heart and all we want to do is learn. I mean, it's just fun for us anyway, because then we just get to talk shop, we get to brainstorm. Maybe that person I'm watching and learning from is going to learn something from me in the process just from conversation. For and sure. everybody wins. Like that's that's just the stuff I absolutely love. Yeah, and when you can set aside ego and. And when you're not worried about this, like famine mentality, like, oh, well, if I, I want to interact with them because then they'll steal my clients or I, they're gonna I learn your tricks or they're going to exactly. program uh, exactly stupid shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm not worried about that. Maybe early yeah. on I was like a little more nervous about that, but, um, there's plenty of people out there who need help and like there's no famine going on even now like even now like no, there's plenty of people who 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 need help <laughs> getting out of pain so um yeah that's awesome man i think that's a good thing so let's uh let's transition a little bit um let's talk about active 
and passive mobility and stability. Ooh, this is always fun for me. Sweet. So, because this is one of the things that, like, um, you know, before we jump into that, I want to kind of segue a little bit away into when I was first learning about movement and and functional training. Like, um, I'm pretty sure it was Gray Cook. I think it was the book Functional Movement mm-hmm. um, or Functional Training for Sport. Maybe that was. I can't remember if that was Greg Cook or if that was Boyle. Um, anyway, doesn't matter. Yeah. The point is, uh, the the basic premise was, I think they called it the joint-by-joint approach, where the ideal was you focus on training mobility of the big toe so that you can focus on training stability of the midfoot. And then it basically alternates at every joint for the most part. So then ankle, the focus is mobility, knee, the, the focus is stability, hip, the focus is mobility and stability, but definitely mobility, lumbar spine, stability, thoracic spine, mobility. And then it kind of jumps to the shoulder, which is like, like the hip, you need both. And then, so, um, it was kind of based on that where I was like, okay, well, stability, mobility, like at what, what's the difference between active and passive? Because I think, I think there's definitely passive stability not maybe, maybe calling it passive stability is incorrect, but I think a lot of times people are are holding excessive tension. Mm -hmm. That's, that's restricting movement in a joint. I kind of consider that passive stability where it's like, they're not actively trying to do Mm -hmm. that. It's just kind of locked in that, in that situation. And then uh, oftentimes you get the opposing uh, muscle group or, or, uh, the antagonist of that being passively mobile. Right. So, um, so just want to kind of pick your brain about that whole concept of passive and active stability and mobility. So when I look at passive and active, my, my brain is a little different with how I look at it because my, most of my practice is, is built around a really in-depth assessment of the body we're using functional range assessment so i look at active and passive range of motion at any given joint and every motion it can do and when i when i'm using passive modality i'm looking for a couple different things for the most part but the biggest thing is i want to i want to feel and see how a joint can be moved and whether that's stability or whether that's you know mobility i think they kind of both fall into that same bucket of how can it be moved Mm -hmm. um and not actively just if i was to grab it and move it around what happens and a lot of people when they think mobility i think that's what they throw that into they throw it into the bucket of general generic i'm going to move someone else i'm going to stretch basically type movement where with active mobility or stability or whatever you know verbiage you want to use I want to know how well you can control yourself, how far you can move yourself, how well you can control that joint when you're standing on it, or if it's just, you know, holding your arm out to the side, or you just, you know, maybe you're, it's kind of like a mix of passive and active, but how a joint hangs onto itself while you're holding a five-gallon paint bucket in one hand, but how is your shoulder, you know, stabilizing? I mean, I feel like sometimes, you know, there's, a hand might be more active, a shoulder might be more passive, depending on mm-hmm. how you want to flip your brain around and look at this stuff. Mm -hmm. But 
my biggest thing is I want to understand how I can move you or how you can be moved. And then I want to understand how you control yourself. And then I want to bridge the gap of wherever you need to be. And for some of those people, it's like I look at active and I look at, or I look at passive and I look at active. And then they tell me how they live their life. And I'm like, okay, you need to just back off of everything you're doing completely. I'm like, <laughs> we need to just, we need to just get your system in check. And, you know, other people are like yoga people, for example. I deal with a lot of yoga um, people nowadays, which is super fun because, um, you know, they're they get really caught up in their system. And I can't knock them for it because that's that's their passion is what they do. But a lot of it is passive, but they think it's active because mm-hmm. they're they might be moving into a pose, but they forget that once they get there, they just hang out and they mm-hmm. breathe. Mm-hmm. There's no tension. There's not really an effort to contract muscle. There's. They're trying to look a certain way most of the time. And I feel like what I see with my yogis is that you can bend them left and right and you can do whatever you want with them. Mm-hmm. Almost all of them have some kind of shoulder pain. Almost all of them have some kind of low back pain. Mm-hmm. Almost all of them so far that I've seen have hamstring problems, which, you know, you can't, you can't stretch yourself. You can't passively fix something that requires or you know, you can't passively fix something that is going to be used actively. And I, I think that's where where you have to make sure your mind goes. Everybody needs flexibility, but you can't just focus on that. You have to get that control with it, too, and that strength with it, too, to bridge that gap. Otherwise, you just made somebody who was bendy, bendier, and now they're less stable. They might be more – they might appear to be more mobile, but in reality, you just made them a big, wobbly, wet noodle. And that, I mean, that they came to you, you know, they might've come seen you in the first place because that was what it was. But, you know, at some, some, some things, those things just don't get handled right. And I've seen, I've had people come to me who went to physical therapy for a back pain and the therapist told them to stretch more. Mm-hmm. And then they come to me and I'm like, no, your lumbar spine is hypermobile and you're a wet noodle. We need to give you strength. We need to, you know, teach you how to own this. Mm-hmm. And, um, feel like I went on a pretty big ramble on that one but that's really the biggest thing bridging that bridging that gap between you know passive movement and active ownership yeah no that that makes sense to me like when you were explaining all that like a couple things I thought of one was uh, and this is one of the first concept I I you know tried to get an understanding of but I somebody asked me um you know what happens when you fire you try to fire a cannon out of a canoe like it's not going to happen. Right. So uh-huh. you, you, you get mobility, active mobility in one place by generating stability in another place. Right. right. So yeah, if you're, yeah. if you're mobile everywhere, then you're probably stable nowhere. Or if you're, did I say that right? If you're, if you're mobile everywhere, then you're probably stable nowhere and vice versa, right? If you're stable everywhere, then you're probably no, uh, mobile nowhere. Like mm-hmm. you, you want both, right? So it, it, I think it does come back to that concept of, of length tension relationship. If every muscle is stretched out and, and quote unquote long, right? Like everybody wants long and lean muscle. Who knows what that means? Nobody can define it. But like, uh, like you said, the the idea is to look a certain way. You get in a pose. That doesn't mean it's not difficult. Like we're not saying yoga is easy. Mm, we're just all. saying uh, if you were really really tight everywhere, 
then yoga might be the perfect thing for you. But it's not going to, uh, it's a passive way to try to attempt to fix an active problem. Right. Right. So one of the the (laughs) things I like to tell my clients, especially new people who come to me, because a lot of a lot of people when they hear mobility specialist or movement specialist, the the what information seems to be strung along is, you know, I'm I'm a mobility coach and a lot of people think all I do is stretch people. Mm. And in reality, I'm gonna I like to find your length wherever your your end range of motion is, and I wanna get you as strong as you can possibly be at that length. And I'm not just gonna stretch you because a passive input gives you a passive result. Mm. And an active input is going to give you an active result. Mm-hmm. So you've got you 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 got to have both, and you got to be able to to play with the fire and and and, ma- and get that stuff to work appropriately. And it can be done very poorly, and you can you can mess people up if you don't handle the process right. And I've I've seen that before. I have clients who came. I have one client. He's a handstand guy. He absolutely. When you look at him, you'd never guess that his passion is inversion and hand balancing. He doesn't look like it. But he went to, and all he, want, all he wants to do is have the best handstand he can have. He went to um, some flexibility coach in Dallas. I don't remember their name. It's probably best. I don't remember it right now anyway. <laughs> but they messed him up bad. You know, they told him all he needed to do was stretch and stretch and stretch. Well, they took a guy who was pretty tight and strong and stable, so to speak, but he didn't have that range of motion he needed, and they made the guy a wet noodle. So mm-hmm. guess what happened to his rotator cuff when he opened up new range of motion and decides to throw up into a handstand after stretching for 30 minutes straight? Yeah. Doesn't end well. Yeah. And there's no. There's no stability where there needs to be. Exactly. Bad news. It's, <laughs> people make me laugh. Yeah. Well, you have to laugh, otherwise you'll cry. Absolutely. And for the longest time, I was that guy. I was the. I would get frustrated. I'd get angry. I would, you know, if I thought somebody was doing something wrong, I would totally react impulsively and emotionally. And, you know, I've thank thankfully I've learned and I've grown. And now I just, I just smile and I say, all right, well we're gonna do this now. <laughs> let's try this and see how you feel. Oh, yeah. it's better. All right, let's stick with that then. Great. And check that off the box. Cool. Yeah. How do you feel about results? Do you like results? Okay, let's get you some of those. <laughs> See if you stick around. Um, awesome. So this might be a tough one, but uh, let's do it. Uh, well, I mean, we kind of already discussed. It's it, it's somewhat of a false dichotomy. So I'm not even gonna. The question I was gonna ask is, what's more important, stability or mobility? But it's like that's assuming that. Yeah. You have to have your your emphasis is one or the other. Like I think both both are awesome. <laughs> and, and you know, just just to go off of that a little bit more, I personally I will argue till the day I die that mobility is more important, and that's only because of the way that I train mobility personally. Mm-hmm. My mobility training process is going to make you stable. It might not seem like it when I have you in this weird frog pose with ankle weights on you doing positional isometrics in two directions and then trying to do some crazy liftoff thing mm-hmm. it might not seem like what i'm doing is going to make you stable but when i can force your central nervous system to own tissue and crazy ranges of motion it would normally never have control you end up gaining better control of those mid ranges also 
And that's that's what I that's what I find with with all this stuff. And that's why I'm always going to say mobility, mobility, mobility. Because if you do it right, you're going to get stability no matter what. Yeah, like if if you're focusing on maximizing hip internal and external rotation and you're laying on your back, let's say, with your your leg up in the air, um, you'll achieve that mobility better if you focus on stabilizing the rest of your body. Exactly. Absolutely. So Absolutely. you're, you're, yeah, you're focusing on mobility, but you're not, it's not at the expense, let's say of stability elsewhere. It, I think it all comes back to that. Like you can't fire a cannon out of a canoe, right? Like you're, Absolutely. you're generating stability everywhere else so that you can isolate one area and maximize mobility there. Mm-hmm. I agree 100%. Cool. Awesome. So, um let's let's ask you this. What's what's the take-home message for everybody watching and listening right now? Like what what is the thing that you drill into your clients, you know, uh, that's that's the most important thing for them to know when when they show up or when they're walking out of the door. So the biggest thing, this is something I, I strive to teach everybody now, and I want everybody to to try to do, and it's just explore range of motion often. Don't get caught up in your your our routines are our routines. We we all we're all gonna do the same basic stuff all the time. And those patterns are what are almost always going to end up hurting us in some way, shape, or form. So any chance you can explore range of motion, whether that's shin box 90-90s on the ground, whether that's a yoga class, whether that's you just kind of roll around and you throw your limbs in weird ways, whether it's expressive dance, what, what whatever your thing is or whatever you like to do, figure out a way to move differently while you do it. And I guarantee you what you're going to find is you can control, or you're probably going to realize you, you still with me? I lost you there. I lost you there for a second. What was the last thing you heard? Um, throwing your arms and legs up in weird ways. Perfect. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, basically all I was getting at was just explore range of motion. We have mechanoreceptors and signal transmitters, whatever verbiage will help you retain this. We have it all over us. It's deep in our joints. It's across our skin. It's in our muscles. It's everywhere. The more we use them, the more active they stay. The more active they are, the better, again, the better we can use them. So if you never go out here and you only go here and here, then at some point when you have to go out here, it's probably not going to go well. Mm -hmm. So just move often, explore your body, scan your body, and um, uh, then do your cars is what I tell everybody. Move, move your joints. Learn, <laughs> learn how they work, and uh, it'll it'll tell you a lot whether you whether you really care about getting super mobile or not. If you can better understand how your body moves, I'm pretty confident it's going to help you in some way, shape, or form. Mhm. Awesome. So, uh, tell us a little bit about what you are currently learning. So currently, I actually. Um, this is, I'm actually kind of excited to share this. I haven't really started it yet, but um, I saw a good old Facebook actually told me that Harvard University had a bunch of classes that were free mm-hmm. online. 
Mm-hmm. So I signed up for a three-part free neuroscience uh, program. That nice. each each part is like 15 weeks. So I signed up for something pretty hefty. Um, but man, I'm super stoked to like go down this. And the you know the functional range conditioning stuff they they preach heavily on the central nervous system mm-hmm. and you know, how the brain controls everything. And it doesn't matter what you want this shoulder to do or what you want that deltoid to do. If the CNS can't talk to it, doesn't matter. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I can't wait to go down the rabbit hole and see what I learned from this stuff and see how it helps my profession and just my thought process. Um, but that's, that's the biggest thing that I'm in. I'm in, I'm in massage therapy school right now. That's, I'm always learning that. Hopefully I'll be, our curriculum has been all kinds of messed up with all this COVID stuff. For sure. It was supposed to be done two weeks from now, but, or I'm sorry, uh, a month from now, I'm supposed to be done, but it could very well tack on a few more months. So I'll we'll be dragging out that education as well. <laughs> well, what can you do, right? That's uh, that's just the way things are right now. So hey, you know what? I'm just glad I'm still in the program and I can still be in school. For sure. Um, you know, I, I'll I'll roll with the punches, man. I'm, I'm just glad it's still going on. Definitely, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, a buddy of mine who was actually, he was a massage therapist. I ran uh, cross country and track with him when I was in college. Um, he got really, really heavily into, into learning just about uh, human physiology and neurology. And, and then he decided he wanted to switch professions and now he's studying um, computer science. But he, he was telling me the other day, uh, he was like, man, it, is, it would blow your mind if if you set up the the human nervous system right next to a neural network he's like it's the exact same thing man that's like, so funny you that's so funny you say that um i was the the functional range system guys they started doing these q and a's um that are like 2 hours long but they they started talking about that and they they referenced the, 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 you know, the, the computer network compared to the central nervous system and how it's all the same. It's just a bunch of programs, yep. just programs and files. And it's just, yep. you just pull them, you use them how they use them. And if it's, if, you know, if there's an error somewhere and the file's broken, well, that signal's not going to go the way you want it to. Right. And it's yeah. just, it's, it was just, it's a, it's an analogy I'm never going to forget. And I'm going to use it for all my clients. And it's just, it's, it's just dumb, simple. And it's so true. Yeah. But it's, it's crazy. He, uh, um, he and I started using this program uh, or this website called Watch Together, and he and I are watching um, Dr. Robert Sapolsky's uh, behavioral biology class. He's a, he's at Stanford, but the, oh, nice. he's got him. He's got these all his lectures up on YouTube from I think it was a couple years ago. It might they're I mean they might be ten years old or whatever, but. Um, yeah, man, like we're as soon as we finish that, we're going into a Harvard uh, class. I forgot who's teaching it, but it's it's how the nervous system developed in vertebrates. And like we're just geeking out on it because it's like, man, oh, like, so cool. it's like the smartest guys in their field and they're teaching it and it's free and you can do it from your home. Like you have no excuse not to not to learn something like it's available to anybody who wants to seek it out. So absolutely. It's good stuff, man. And like Harvard is, the, Harvard is definitely getting their shout out right now for the free stuff. So hopefully they drop <laughs> us a code for, for some 
<laughs> yeah, man, that'd be nice. I wouldn't mind a uh, diploma from Harvard to hang out. That'd be it. cool. <laughs> or Stanford. I don't care. Even just, just a certification that's got the stamp on it. I mean, I'm cool with that. Whatever. Sure. Give me a piece of paper to hang up. <laughs> that'd be awesome, man. So that's good. That's awesome. Um, all right. So tell us a little bit about uh, how people can follow you and how they can reach out to you. And then tell us also a little bit about the, the services that you're currently offering right now, despite everything that's going on with, uh, with Corona. Absolutely. So uh, on Instagram, I'm on pretty much every social media platform. Um, well, I say that that's not entirely true. Uh, I'm not on Twitter, but Instagram, uh, you can find me at physiofix.dallas, uh, physio, um, just like physiotherapist. So P-H-Y-S-I-O-F-I-X.dallas. Um, on Facebook, you can just search me by first and last name, Nathan Barbosa. I also have a PhysioFix page on Facebook, but it's uh, Instagram is your better bet for sure. Um, if you want tutorials and educational stuff, my YouTube channel is stacked. Um, I think we're up to we're up to about 150 videos or so of wow. all, all kinds of different stuff. Me and my three stuff. Yeah, we're me and me and my wife are officially partnered together with our training business. So if you just want at home workouts, she's got that side of it. But if you're looking to clean up joint function and get some really good mobility and some really good joint health stuff, uh, the channel's got you covered. And that is uh, PhysioFix Training Systems is how that comes up, spelled the same way as the Instagram account. Perfect. Well, I'll throw those in the show notes. Those will be in the description on this YouTube video as well as um, in the uh, iTunes uh, show description as well. So, um, yeah, so tell us a little bit about your the current services that you're offering. So currently, um, I've pretty much put every service I do in person in a virtual format. So, they're, of course, they're not running exactly the same way, but I'm, I'm doing my best to deliver it. So, I am doing virtual functional range assessment or virtual joint and movement assessment. Um, any Anywhere from single joint to full body, I have a process for either one. One-on-one um, -on -one virtual training, I'm also doing that as well. That's All of this is happening through Zoom, by the way. So you just shoot me an email at physiofix, uh, yourphysiofix at gmail is my email address. And you can, we can talk about what you need and we can go from there. But one-on-one -on -one virtual training, um, assessment virtual. I do virtual kin stretch classes, which kin stretch is the group format of functional range conditioning. So if you want to jump in a class at a very low price point, I'm only charging $8 a class right now. And everybody who takes the class also will get a 24-hour link to reaccess the class. So that way they can revisit and get those coaching details and, and better learn what's going on. Um, and then those are those are really the big ones right now. I do have a Patreon account also, but it's only got a couple things on there and it's about to get fully revamped. So we don't really need to worry about that too much. But eventually all the Kin Stretch with Nathan classes are going to be funneled to Patreon. So you pay a monthly fee, you get your code, you can take all the classes, and then it's it makes everybody's life easier and it's more efficient. Gotcha. So let's let's talk about that class because I was able to to take your class uh, 
well, I didn't get to take your class last night, but I was able to do it earlier today. Um, so one of the, one of the things that, uh, that I really appreciated was that the emphasis on mobility was always cued with, you know, if we're moving this joint, then we have to brace everywhere else and get stability here. And, um, you can't, access mobility wherever we were focusing on it if you weren't engaging bracing uh generating a stabilizing breath things like that so um and it was like an hour 40 minute class dude yeah, it, was... it was long man it, they don't normally <laughs> go that long i told everybody it was going to be about 75 minutes and that's still long and i, I look up at the clock and i was like oh god i'm killing these people <laughs> But dude, I felt honestly, I felt so good afterwards. And this was another thing that I that I really appreciated. Like, I loved that you took the time at the end to focus on the breathing work, just because people don't understand a lot of times how neurologically taxing and demanding uh, focused, attentive, deliberate mobility training can be. Like, mm -hmm. it will you will redline. Like it, you'll be oh, sweating, you'll be tired. And so sympathetic nervous system was like through the roof and then finishing with the breathing at the end, like where it was, um, it was intense breathing. Right. And then towards the end where we were focusing on, uh, inhalation and holding the breath and then exhalation and holding the breath and then the, the invisible breaths. Like when I was finished, I was like, Dude, I could take a nap right now. Yeah. I but I felt not like a nap, like I was exhausted, but just like I was very relaxed. Mm -hmm. I was like, I I feel good. Like everything's moving. Uh, nothing's like popping or snapping. Everything, all my joints feel lubricated, and uh, my cool. glutes, my glutes and external rotators were a little sore. Like I know I need to work on external, internal and external rotation at the hip a little bit more. Um, but dude, I, for eight bucks, a class like that is honestly like, that's a steal. So I, I think everybody should give it a try, man. Like and get on it while you can, because I'll throw this out right now. It's only going to be at that $8 price point until we start to come out of Corona. Once, once we get back to normal, that price will go up just a couple bucks. I'm only planning on jumping it to like 10 or $12 a class. It's not going to be crazy. Because I want this to be, everybody needs this. I want this to be something that if you're if you're torn between getting your Starbucks in the morning or taking a class, like I, I don't want that to be like a crazy like hard decision. Like it's just a few bucks. Like yeah. And and you can take the class. You can save the link. You can you know take it over the course of the window, whatever. But yeah. um, I definitely think everybody should should try it out at least once. If you don't like it, that's fine. You can even tell me to my face at the end of the class and look at me through the Zoom camera and be like, yo, that sucked. <laughs> I think but the chances of that that happen. Yeah, the chances that that, that happen doesn't are, happen. Yeah, just because like you might not get like you might not feel like you're getting uh, like it's a group class, right? So it's not 100% tailored to you, but you're doing enough total body stuff that I was like, oh, okay, I'm good at this thing. Mm -hmm. Right. But there were other other things where I was like, oh, yeah, I I definitely need work here. I, I knew I needed to work here, but this is just reinforcing like, yeah, OK, wow. 
I thought that this would be easier. Like where where we were doing the uh, the straddle with like on all fours, but one leg's out to the side, yeah. like huge, huge adductor stretch. And then after that, lifting that leg up, like I have my clients do that all the time, but not usually holding the stretch and then driving the foot down and then lifting the leg and holding it for, you know, five to 10 seconds. Like I can lift that leg up and drop it down and I can do reps like that forever, but oh, lifting yeah. and then holding that, maintaining that, uh, trying to lift the leg even higher, like, my like my TFL was cramping up big time. Oh yeah, like, cramped city. Like, yeah, I say that all the time. And honestly, that's one of my favorite things. Like, I and in a weird twisted way, I like it when people cramp because <laughs> that, that's that's always it's always a coaching moment, you know. Yes. Like someone cramps and they're like, "Why am I cramping?" I'm like, well, let me tell you a story. Yeah. And then, and then it turns into you know they get to learn about their central nervous system. They get to learn about why that tissue doesn't work well in that range and how that affects other things and. You know, I, I try to re- reiterate that in the classes as well. So that way, when you're there, if you don't understand why something is cramping or failing or you can't control it, you'll get those answers too. So you get the class, you get the coaching, you get the education. And I try to put it all in there. Yeah, no, that's good. I, there's quite a few times when my clients have been like, like they'll be they'll be cramping up or they're feeling something. And I'm just like, I've got this huge smile on my face because uh-huh. I'm like, I get excited about that. Like, I'm... And they're like, you're sick, Kevin. Like you just, you like seeing us in pain. And I'm like, no, like you're, you're learning something. Your body is changing. Like, this is awesome. This is amazing. That's adaptation. You are watching. Yes. In real time. Like the nervous system is adapting right now. Um, Like the rest of the body can't really do that, but your nervous system can adapt like this. Like it, it will respond to a stimulus. So I, that's, that's exciting stuff for me and I get accused all the time of being some uh fan of torture and I'm like well I mean I'm not but like it's exciting when when these things oh yeah <laughs> all, all all of my clients are in the same boat they think I'm just some sick twisted guy who <laughs> likes to hurt people. and man if you could if you could watch I mean you, you took the kin stretch class you see me smiling and getting the kick out of it the whole time oh yeah Oh, yeah. I mean, if you see me in person do a class when I got 15 people in a class and we're all everyone's dying and I'm like yelling and laughing at the same yeah. time. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, it just is my favorite. I absolutely yeah. love it. But you've been in their shoes. You know exactly oh, yeah. what it's like. So absolutely. it's not like it's not like I can laugh because I'm inflicting this pain on you. It's like, no, I know exactly. I know exactly what that's like. And that's why I'm laughing because I've been right there. Uh-huh. So it's good stuff. So one, I mean, one, other, one other thing I wanted to throw in, I totally forgot to say this. We, um, our, my, the facility that I'm at in Dallas, Greater Than Performance and Rehab, mm-hmm. um, we are officially taking one-on-one clients again. Cool. So if you are in Dallas, um, I, I'm wearing the t-shirt and everything, and I totally forgot to say that earlier. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the whole reason I wore it. But nice. uh, yeah, we, we are, I am taking one-on-one clients. Like I said, uh, early on in the show, limitation we're very limited on Mm -hmm. how many bodies we take a day so if if you if you're ready to get out of the house if you're ready to start getting back in routine um we got a spot for you we just got to schedule it so we can make it happen cool all right y'all no excuses then absolutely not awesome all right well let's finish it up with um what's a story or a quote or some piece of advice what does everybody watching or listening need to hear 
jealousy. <laughs> <laughs> Every, everybody's always like either they have something ready because they have it like written down right in front of them uh-huh. so they don't forget or they're like, oh, shoot, I forgot about that one. Well, it's just, there's so many different things that I I could ramble on about, and I'm just, it's always difficult for me to pick something that I feel like is really going to be the golden nugget. Mm. Um, But just, you know, just as someone who comes from a broken body background, you can fix a lot more than you probably think about your body. Mm. If you put in the time, effort, and the energy, Mm -hmm. you, you're whatever you might be diagnosed with hyperlordosis or a bulging disc or a torn rotator cuff that diagnosis is not the end of your life like there is so much there's so much you can do to address these problems and get your body back to what a functional healthy state and if you're if you're willing to put in that work i promise you there's an answer there for you and there's a light at the end of the tunnel Mm. and and that and and you know like i've said before it comes down to how well your pieces move if you can make your pieces move and function and articulate and be strong the way they're supposed to, a lot of these other problems typically end up fading away. Mm-hmm. It's not I'm I'm not a, I'm not gonna tell you I'm gonna pop you back in place and you're gonna walk away perfect. You know I'm not mm-hmm. gonna I can't I'm not a surgeon I don't cut people up. You know I mm-hmm. don't I can't you know dry needle you or acupuncture you and make you feel wonderful in five minutes. But if yep. you want to put in some work. And you want to, and you want to get better. There's a way to do it. There's, there's, there's so many ways you can bulletproof your body. And I just want people to understand that, because for years, I mean, I, I couldn't squat without my hip being excruciatingly painful. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, my hip would lock up and stay locked in place. I hit the ground, and somebody would have to grab my leg and pull my leg into extension, Ooh. because it, it would lock that bad. You could, I mean, I can pull my wife out of the living room right now, and I can have her verify that, because I used to have. <laughs> excruciating hip pains and you know um and you you can fix these things i was mm-hmm. told num- numerous times you probably have a torn labrum you probably need to have surgery mm-hmm. you should stop squatting you should stop this you should stop that you need to do nothing well i didn't listen to anybody and i learned some things addressed it mm-hmm. now i can squat now i can deadlift now i can jump now i can bound i can hurl like i can i can do everything mm-hmm. and you know you're not you are not your diagnosis you're not. There's so many things you can do to fix your body, guys. This thing adapts. It adapts to everything as long as you do it right. That's the truth. It can't not adapt. It will either maladapt or it will adapt well, like to something exactly. good. So, but it can't. It can't do nothing. It. Right. It's designed to adapt. So, um, couldn't have said it any better myself, man. Like, um, it's good stuff. So, Nathan, so. Thank you so much for doing this. This has been awesome. I've really great. enjoyed it. Thanks so much for having me out, Kevin. It was nice. I'm sure we're going to do this again soon. For sure. I can't wait, man. Hopefully in person very, very soon. As soon as the classes are back up and running, I'd love love to have you come out. You're welcome to bring some of your guys down. You guys can all jump in. Or maybe I can even go show up at your place and I can teach you class with some of your guys. And that would be great. And we can all torture everybody together. You know, have a good time. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Sounds good. Alrighty, y'all. Thank you so much for watching and listening. And sorry about the long break, but uh, we are back at it, and uh, we'll, we'll have episodes out basically every week, hopefully, from here on out. All right, y'all, take care.